0: This is Packer and Durham On ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371 Packer and Durham Aha, it's a Thursday Last time I checked And we are continuing to stream live On the ESPN app You know how we're rolling this bad boy Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN I'm Mark Packer Alone in the basement. There's no Captain Ron. There's no Robert. Otto didn't show up today. My partner's chair is empty over here, but I do have my man Chester and Fuller looking for uh, Mr. Durham, who's back in Cartersville, Georgia. The voice of the Falcons, how are we on draft day?
1: Uh, Pac, I just want to tell you, I read a blog last night that said, while the the, uh, Falcons pick eighth, Vet Blogger wrote, the draft may start at six with the right. selection of the Carolina Panthers.
0: And with the sixth pick in the 2022 <laughs> NFL draft, David Tepper selects quarterback, <laughs> University of Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. I have no idea what they're going to do, but if that happens, I'm telling you, if that happens, I'm going to go crazy. You're going to hear a scream. From Southeast Charlotte, going hey, we got a new co-host on Packer and Durham, and he's bringing bojangles oh to the basement. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen tonight? It's going to be fun, though, right? I mean, that's, I, that's the and I know you it, got a full day. You got like seventeen hours of radio and television and shows to do as the voice <laughs> of the Falcons. I'm going to be on the couch with the dogs watching all this stuff tonight.
1: It is an interesting night, though, isn't it? If you're a college football fan, and and you know, in our, our particular silo here, it's ACC. If you're an ACC fan tonight, you want your conference to do well. Now, you may have a vested interest if you're a Pitt fan, Kenny Pickett, if Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. You know, certainly we've talked about the guys that we think have a chance to be selected here early. But here's the other thing too: you play the guessing game, and you can't help but play the guessing game. Well, I saw, you know, I saw Jermaine Johnson at Florida State last year. I, I think he might be better than Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan or Trayvon Walker at Georgia and that type thing. Then the, the other part about it is you do if, if you follow college football, you may not have a favorite NFL team, but you certainly have a like in your case, the Panthers who are there in Charlotte or Atlanta where I'm obviously tied, but anywhere in the footprint, you've got an influence of the National Football League. And I was reminded of this yesterday when I was visiting with my buddy Jeff Kilhane out in Fargo, North Dakota. We all try and project, don't we? We all try and think, well, you know, Sam Howe can do this and he'd be a really good fit maybe with X and Kenny Pickett for why and whatnot. I think it's going to be interesting tonight in the case of Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett had such a transformational season. And I think it's going to be unique to see exactly where he falls because, Pac, I'm going to tell you, in the years I've been fortunate to do this night particularly, there are some teams that get really good at smoke screening. And there is always, always a top ten pick that comes out of nowhere. Yep. the ones that drive Mel Kiper crazy, the ones that fool everybody. And if a quarterback goes high tonight, whether it be Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, it's going to disturb the bottom – well, the middle section, I would say, seven – let's take the Panthers at six – seven down to about 13. And it's going to be – that to me tonight is where does the draft start? Dave Archer, who I do the games with, or you know – and. Arch always says the draft technically starts at one, but it can start when somebody goes off the grid to make a pick, too.
0: Yeah, all it takes is one. And, and then all of a sudden you get this trickle-down effect mm-hmm. of dominoes that people go, huh,
1: what?
0: What are They They did what? Uh, but, you know, you talk about smoke screens. I was on the phone nonstop last night, and um, uh, Phil Savage, is just a great dude, and uh, now with the Jets mm-hmm. and did a lot of radio shows with him. Uh, we were going back and forth, and I said, all right, I'm not going to tell you what he said in terms of names. I said, give me your best combination. Sure. Because the Jets only have like 17 selections in the first 50 picks. Unbelievable. Right. I mean, they got 1,000 yeah. picks, it seems like. So I said, all right, Mr. Savage. I said, just you know, g- give me a handle on what you're thinking. And so he gave me like, if we can land A and B. I'm not going to tell you what he said. But he said, if we can land A and mm-hmm. B, we've had an awesome night. So again, I- I'll be sitting back here tonight. I like everybody else, and if you're an ardent NFL fan, just about everybody is, uh, you'll have your wish list. But you're right. There will be a curveball, and you just kind of wonder at what point in time. I, I, you know, the Jags who are on the clock at the one spot could probably go in multiple ways. They've even said, hey, we got three or four guys. You've heard it was Walker. Then you heard it could be Hutchinson. I mean, who knows what they're going to do. There's a reason they're the number one pick again. Um, but it is a fun night. And, I, you know, here's the other thing, too, Wes, for what we do covering the ACC in college sports, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome night for these guys, right? I mean, you get a chance mm-hmm. to meet them. You get a chance to know some of these guys. You've been covering them for years and years. Uh, and all the work that they have put in to get to this point uh, that they've always dreamt about, walking down, shaking, getting a big hug from Goodell and holding up the jersey and people screaming, going nuts. and I mean, not only are you instantaneously rich, which is beside the point. It, it's, the, it's the culmination of incredible work and God-given skills and putting in all the work. And tonight's the night that you can kind of celebrate. So it's really, I think it's a cool night. And uh, I'll give the NFL a ton of credit. They do a brilliant job in their marketing. They've turned the first round into an event all into itself. And then, of course, taking this thing from city to city and the cities have done an incredible job. Curious to see what Vegas does. You can only imagine the pomp and circumstance coming off of COVID situation too. Uh, it'll be an incredible night of entertainment. It really will be.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be spectacular. The, the part you're right about the, um, the, the situation with Jacksonville is interesting. And, um, unless somehow or another you've made a trade and the team you traded with from the year before, two years before, You know, ends up bottoming out. Usually it's a team that hasn't had a very good record that ends up with a number one pick. The curious part about Jacksonville is you can kind of see the layering going on here. But you're the one that said this toward the end of the regular season when you said they need an offensive lineman. They got a quarterback. They got run game. They do need wide receivers. They need offensive linemen. So while there is this move for Hutchinson and Walker, maybe of Georgia at one, there's three big tackles, pack that are sitting right there. And I'm sure that's what Phil was talking about last night a little bit. And those three tackles are all thought of to be potential game changers with those respective teams, whoever they go with. And we know Iki Ikwano, and he's a terrific kid and a really, really talented football player, and he's been with us a bunch to me. And I'm not saying Jacksonville takes Iquanu or Neil or, or any of those guys. I just think that at the end of the day, you got to seriously think about how that sets up when you're Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville has been mocked to take a defensive end almost since the end of the regular season. These way, way too early draft projections, everything. If they take an offensive lineman tonight at one, which, I look, they're, the comparables between the two DNs and the tackles is really close that will change the dynamic of the whole first round. Agreed. Because now the trickle-down will bottom quicker than anybody anticipated. A lot of people think it might be at seven. It could happen at one if they go oppo-defensive end. If you see a quarterback or somebody like that, now I'll say this, the one place that I will draw another line to is the second pick with Detroit because if – The Jaguars take a tackle or they take Trayvon Walker. The amount of pressure on Detroit to take a Michigan defensive end at two when they really want a corner is really going to get interesting. That'll be the first big PR collision of the night in some ways, and it happens right out of the gate.
0: Well, Jacksonville, I know, just uh, extended the deal with Cam Robinson, and a lot of folks think, oh, they did that, so they're not going to go after Icky or – uh, or Neil or whatever. Again, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm not a general manager. I'm just a fan on the couch with dogs. That's what I am tonight, and uh, it, it's a fun. It's, and I looking think it's, for
1: somebody to help the HOA.
0: Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and, and again, I, the only thing I'm worried about tonight is with the six pick. You know, that's what I'm looking for because I'm looking to get five percent of a real estate deal of a new house sold on the street and to help bolster our ACC Network crew on the mornings with Bojangles Biscuits with the new starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But other than that, you know, I'm not asking for a whole lot. So we'll see where this thing goes. But it is a fun night. It's a cool night. And, again, congratulations to all of these guys who have put in the work. And they have been given, like I said, God-given skills, but they have put in the work to -hmm. get the opportunity to chase the ultimate dream, and that is to play in the National Football League. It's It's an awesome night. It really is.
1: Yeah. Many of six guys from the ACC could go tonight in the first round, ranging from Kenny Pickett at the top, Icky Ikuano of NC State. Uh, I think you're talking about Jermaine Johnson. Uh, We dive into here are the six guys. And these are the latest Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay projections. Uh, You see Ikuano fifth to the Giants. Jermaine Johnson seventh to the Giants. And then... Pickett, 20th to the Steelers. Booth, 25th to Buffalo. Zion Johnson, 26th to Tennessee. And then Sam Howell projected tomorrow night in the top 50 to New Orleans. But those are the six guys um, that will headline the ACC in the early stages of this. And uh, it's going to be interesting because with those first three guys, Iquanu, Johnson, and Pickett, you're talking about guys who have – Will be going to franchises where there will be a degree of expectation that they come in and contribute, Mark, immediately to their respective team's success.
0: Well, I don't need to tell you that uh, as Kenny Pickett leading the Panthers, we expect the Super Bowl right out of the gate, Wes. I don't know what uh, you're talking about—slow, uh, easy, steady, no pressure. No, we we expect to finally win something around here. So, like a lot I said, of we. A lot of we going. Oh, well, I mean, I could say we since you're down there in Georgia in enemy territory with the Falcons now. I finally got my Panther den back together like it was supposed to be. I, I, like I said, yes. I have no earthly right. idea how any of this stuff's going to play out. Uh, but we've had Kenny Pickett on the show a half dozen times. Icky's been on here eating pancakes. Uh, zion's a great dude from boston college we've had booth on he's won multiple wide receiver use with all those crazy interceptions down in Tigertown. you know sam howe has been great with us i mean all these guys like i said we, we've been blessed because we've had a chance to know these guys interview them and we live kind of vicariously through them tonight to be honest with you regardless if they end Hi. up you know on enemy territory a team you don't like you know i, I don't care about all that kind of stuff. But the stories to me are always the fun part, right? It's just like doing a show. What do you root for? You root for the story. Tonight, and this is why the NFL is so great, there's nothing but cool stories. And and even if there's some guys you haven't followed because you're an ACC fan, you may not know some guy from the SEC or the Pac-12 or whatever, you'll hear a story tonight if you get dialed into this and go, wow, what a cool deal that is, right? So again, it's great drama. It's great theater. Uh, And I give the NFL all the props in the world for the way they have marketed this. They've taken our most popular sport and taken it to another level in the month of April, which is hard to do, but the NFL has certainly been able
1: to do that. Yeah, sure have. Uh, So we're going to talk a lot about the draft today, obviously, because the first round's tonight, and then we'll have some recap for you tomorrow and then look ahead to who might be selected in rounds two and three on Friday night before the thing collapses on uh, for everything uh, kind of bottles up and goes on Saturday. Um, rest of the show today, busy. Lonnie Alameda is going to be here in 8 o'clock hour along with Jerry Haas, championship coaches in their own right. Jerry just won another ACC golf championship with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, part of that uh, Demon Deacon golf sweep, by the way, on the women's and the men's side. 9 o'clock hour, more golf. Jacob Bridgman, who was the individual champion, at the ACC, from those fighting Clemson Tigers will be here, and we'll have an alumni moment, special special alumni moment uh, with Jacob when he realizes that, of course, he's talking to uh, one of the great Clemson golf luminaries of the past.
0: Yeah, especially if one shows up and we can have that conversation. But uh, Jacob, by the way, was just ranked as the number two college golfer on the planet, <laughs> numero two mm. for Jacob Bridger. He's had an in yeah. incredible spring. He, he again, this will be his second uh, appearance, and the dude can golf his ball. Mm. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah, Uh, Julie Myers is going to be here, Uh, Virginia's women's lacrosse, Yep, and uh, looking forward to talking to her, and Drew Hackenberg, uh, another Hokie star, this one from baseball will join us, and uh, we mentioned him yesterday in our visit with Danny Graves, he's off to a terrific, terrific start uh, in his college career, so we're looking forward to talking to Drew Hackenberg, all that and more coming up, and uh, we got some uh, look back, and I, I will say this, At the end of the show, yesterday ended up being one of the really interesting days and memorable days for ACC scholarships, stuff that normally does not happen. Um, One was announced and one had just been announced, and we weren't able to get one of them in yesterday at the tail end. And then yesterday afternoon, uh, a really unbelievable emotional-type scholarship was announced at Georgia Tech. We'll talk about that and also the – the work of student we – t- we have talked in, in some ways, Pac, I think you mentioned this early on, we have seen countless young people uh, take advantage of the transfer portal with the edu- education situation. Justin Mutz at Virginia Tech comes to mind, right? And I think what you're going to hear today about scholarships that have been set up for general population enrollment, but also student-athletes is really really encouraging about young people who've been able to benefit from extended educations through the portal and other things too
0: 100 percent right we got a lot to get into take calls to 844 say accn if you got thoughts Mm -hmm. about the draft or anything else that's going on i know people are just kind of beat up on name image and likeness and transfer portal and the transformation (laughs) committee and all this stuff that's going on there's a lot happening Uh, in the landscape Mm. but tonight it's really about the nfl draft and where your favorite acc player could end up that's that's really the big story
1: Yep. uh we're going to come back we'll check on lacrosse from yesterday in south bend get you set for a big friday here on acc network of the ladies championships underway we will talk about that and more when we continue thursday mornings packer and durham on acc network
0: this is the Packer and Durham Podcast. We're really excited to introduce you to our first ever women's lacrosse coach here at Pitt.
2: I've never met a coach that I look up to the way I look up to Boss. This
1: emotion, my anger is real.
2: Every day matters. Some days are tougher than others. You just gotta remind yourself why you're here. So when we walk out of this locker room, We need to show them what the Steel mentality is all about. The
0: atmosphere for our first
2: game was absolutely insane. I was just so excited to finally have it across my chest. It just felt so special knowing that we were going to be the first ones stepping on the field. Oh, and the diving shot to goal! That one is going to go down in history. This whole first season's been surreal. It just felt like this immense amount of support from the entire city. Great dodge, and that's a goal, first ever win. We want to build this legacy to become a powerhouse.
1: Well, we told you yesterday about the debut of All Access coming in June with Pitt's women's lacrosse team, the inaugural season. And of course, it's on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app, and why Why is it in June? Well, because you got to get through the season. And Pittsburgh's still playing pack after yesterday in uh, South Bend, Indiana.
0: First ACC tournament win yesterday ever since dirt. And uh, now their reward, they get to jump on the Tar Heels, the number one overall seed uh, coming up on Friday. But it's go time in South Bend. you got four matches coming up on yep. Friday and, of course, two more on Sunday to determine the top two seeds. And the highest seed gets to host the following week, for the ACC championship. But keep in mind the Nations number 1, number 2 and number 3 teams are mm. in this league and in this tournament. Pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Yep, it was a uh, it may be an uphill fight for Pittsburgh on Friday against the Nations number 1 team, but yesterday they captured 13 to 10 was the final against Louisville in South Bend and a lot of it had to do with the goaltending of uh, Paulina DeFitta, but uh when you start talking about Pittsburgh winning yesterday for the first time, Defada set an ACC championship record with 19 saves. Pitt had seven different players score goals. Uh, and it's uh, it's one of those things when you're in your first season, you get your first tournament win – that's a heck of a statement, Mark. Heck of it a statement is. about where that team has gone from from game one to now, for sure.
0: Well, you know, we have seen uh, upstart teams in this league have great success in their respective mm-hmm. sports. I go back last year uh, to the ACC women's softball championship, where we kept talking about Florida State's the standard. We'll have Lonnie Alameda on later, and you know, it's all about you know Florida State upstart Clemson. Here they are, John Rittman just starting this new program, but yet it was Duke. That took care of business and wins an ACC championship within their first five years. So you've seen these startups. But I will tell you, Wes, when you've got the nation's number one, number two, and number three in your own league, uh, that is strong. Trying to do that. But getting the W yesterday was an incredible accomplishment for a first-year program. And by the way, those 19 saves, that is an all-time record in the ACC tournament. So that's an impressive feat. Yep.
1: So congratulations to the Panthers and as uh as Mark said the uh the prize for the win yesterday is is that you're going to get top seed North Carolina coming up on Friday and of course Jenny Levy's team action will be at noon on uh, ACC Network and North Carolina five times the uh, tournament champion uh at the ACC Women's Championship every year since 2016 and uh They come in on a steamship. This crowd is as good as it gets in women's college lacrosse. It's one of four games, though, as you said, on Friday, uh, with our coverage starting at noon here on ACCN, that should be pretty intriguing, in part because of the way these teams fill out one, two, and three in the national rankings. Because North Carolina Pitt is one side of it. Then you got Duke Notre Dame, and that was one that uh, Rachel DiCecco was talking with us yesterday about. That could be the 230 game in South Bend with the fifth-seed Irish. Could be pretty interesting, not just because of your potential of playing Carolina, but what it could mean for the NCAA tournament standings as well.
0: Well, here's the other thing. I I would even take it another step with Virginia, because we're going to talk with uh, Julie Myers coming up in the third hour of the show. Mm -hmm. And Virginia's at 500. They're going to take on the third-ranked team in the country in Syracuse. You've got to be at least 500 to make it to the NCAA tournament. Virginia has been every year since 1995, which means to do some really simple math, Wes, you got to beat number three. I mean, you got to win at least one in the ACC tournament to get to the next level. So there are really important games on Friday before everybody goes, ah, well, I won't worry about it till this weekend. No, Friday's a big deal. And for a team like Pittsburgh, man, riding high, you win your first ACC tournament game. Hey, you'll take on North Carolina. Let's go be the spoilers. We've got nothing to lose. And for North Carolina, they're playing at a ridiculous level. We know about Charlotte North and all that great stuff going on in BC. And Syracuse, obviously dangerous, as the number three team in the country. So it's high drama in South Bend, not only tomorrow, but also Sunday. It's going to be great.
1: So we're going to, we're going to keep an eye on the 4-5 game at 2.30 tomorrow uh duke won 15 12 in the only regular season meeting with uh notre dame back on march 26th and then as mark said 7 30 tomorrow night the last of the four games in the uh, quarterfinals friday if you will uh syracuse and virginia and uh and julie myers will be here at 9 15 this morning um the regular season syracuse won 17 to 11 but that was back almost two months ago march the 12th so uh, we'll keep an eye on those two in particular. You mentioned BC Virginia Tech, the Eagles, in Carolina expected to be on a collision course. Let's don't rule out Syracuse, the three seed. Obviously, um, Boston College won the three way tie with Duke and Syracuse, and had the highest goal differential. Thus, they got the uh, they got the two seed. They went fourteen and two and six and uh, two in ACC play. They beat the Hokies earlier in the year by ten goals, eighteen to eight. You may recall. And Mark, we were watching that game actually when we were in New Orleans at the Final Four, BC and Virginia Tech. Those have been relatively dominant performances by the Eagles each of the last two years in the regular season. So they'll see the Hokies uh, tomorrow afternoon at at 5 o'clock. By the way, one side note to share with you. Big announcement was made yesterday, and that is ESPN is going to show the national championship game in women's lacrosse this year. Uh, Previously, it's been shown on ESPNU, maybe an ESPN2 production. This year, that will air on ESPN, the NCAA Women's Lacrosse Championship. Congratulations to the ladies and congratulations to women's lacrosse in particular. A great sport, one we've enjoyed covering for sure. And now the national championship will be staged on ESPN coming up. Uh, later in the month. The
0: month. Are, you, are you not going to congratulate ESPN? I mean, can we not pat ourselves on the back the 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 network for having all this
1: great stuff? Wes, you you're just going to
0: leave us out of it?
1: Congratulations to ESPN for deciding to put women's lacrosse yeah. on the big network. How's all right. that? All right there you yeah.
0: go. By the way, one more thing about this. But it's also it's, sure. One more thing I'd like to say about the tournament. While North Carolina mm-hmm. has been awesome and dominant, and we've gone through that ad nauseum in All terms right. of the streaks. I mean, after a while, your, your head spins. They've been so good. I think there's great storylines in this because you do have the defending national champs, Boston College, who's number two nationally. They've never won the ACC tournament. you know. And every time we've had an interview with a BC lacrosse, uh, lacrosse player, they've talked about, hey, there's not only unfinished business to go win an natty, but there's unfinished business to go right. win this ACC tournament for the first time. We know about Syracuse. They're number three in the country. They are certainly capable of ruining the party for everybody else. There's a team like Duke that beat Boston college. I know we had the big showdown last week with North Carolina and Duke and the heels, put it on them and took them to the woodshed. But the storylines all across the board are really interesting. I just mentioned Virginia, right? They've got to win a game to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. So, You know That stuff that goes on tomorrow kind of feels like old school ACC basketball where every game matters. There is a storyline literally with every match coming up on Friday. So I'll just put that out there as a little teaser for everybody. It's not just, hey, it's North Carolina and everybody else. No, I would disagree with that. When you've got the top three teams in the country, you're almost guaranteed high drama for the tournament, and it should be.
1: Yeah. Really good point there, too. All right, sit tight. More to come. Quick reminder, though, about that quarterfinal Friday in ACC. Women's lacrosse coming your way here on ACC Network. Uh, Starts at noon, of course, with North Carolina and uh, Pittsburgh, and then it's followed by Notre Dame and Duke. And then we'll pick you up with the night session, Virginia Tech, Boston College, and then Virginia-Syracuse. And what Pac just said is a critical, critical game. That's all Friday, noon to about 07.30, the start times, right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. When we come back, uh, we're going to kind of tee up a softball-baseball preview for you. There's plenty to go around there, um, including a couple of non-conference games we want to keep an eye on, especially in softball. And then there's some ACC baseball series we need to take a nod toward as well. We'll do all that and more coming up next. Packer and Durham.
0: Hacker and Durham from an empty basement. It feels like everybody's left the building. I mean, Mrs. P, I just heard the rocket ship just back up, the old beamer. It's heading on down to South Carolina. Like I said, there's no Robert. There's no Captain Ron. There's no Otto. There's no West Durham in here. Good grief. Where'd everybody go? Feel lonely down here in the basement, Wes. What happened, everybody? I don't. In fact, I don't think this is show 617. I don't think I've ever felt as lonely in the basement as I do on this show. I mean, there is nobody here. It's like working in the back of the old WFNZ days. I used to call it Bazooka Friday because you could walk in the office and just shoot a bazooka in any direction and not hit anybody because everybody had left the building. For an early for an early weekend, the traditional FNZ Bazooka Fridays. That's kind of what it feels like down. There. I mean, I literally could get a golf ball and bring the clubs out and aim it in any direction and not hit anybody. I mean, there's nobody here. God, we got to get Kenny Pickett. We got to pick him because you know what? at least if Pickett was here, he could come hang out and eat biscuits with us. Good grief, we got to straighten this out. What a mess. Wait, wait, wait a second, Bazooka Fridays. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I used to call it. Because I, I used to make fun of the fact that all the executives left on Thursday, nobody in the sales department oh. ever showed up. And by the time I showed up for the afternoon radio show, I'd be like, man, is I used to call them Bazooka Fridays. Because you could literally spin a wheel, whatever direction the arrow was in, you could get a bazooka and fire it away. And you'd never have a chance to hit a soul. Bazooka Fridays. That's what I used <laughs> to call it. It kind of feels like a Bazooka Thursday down here in the basement. I, I'm telling you, there's the, nobody the down other? there.
1: Yeah. The other question I would ask is this. This might be a good time for you to work on your drone flying skills before oh. Captain Ron comes back in there.
0: Well, Captain Ron took the drone. That's the problem. If I had if The drone normally sits over here on the desk. If it was over there right now, I'd go fly that sucker right now because I couldn't hurt anybody. Well, I'm telling you, it's, it's empty. It feels like the, there's an echo when I talk because normally there's people in here. Nothing. Zero.
1: So we'll get through it. You got man's best friend in there, don't you?
0: sound asleep and you know they they were looking out the door waiting for your car to show up with their noses yeah, pressed were. against the pane and I was like no buddy west mm-hmm. he's not coming today buddy west isn't coming today so nope. brother fuller i think he's stretched west. out yeah he's stretched out in his traditional spot without uh, anybody to lean up against but we're going to be all right yeah. we'll get
1: through the show uh let's uh let's get you caught up here on uh on the diamond if you will on both softball and baseball fronts because we do have the traditional ACC games this week. We also have a non-conference uh, series with each sport that is of note. And ironically, they, uh, they both involve Florida State. There are three ACC teams, however, ranked in the uh, top ten of the most recent D1 softball poll. Uh, Virginia Tech is two. Florida State is three. Duke is ten. And then you have Clemson at 18 and Notre Dame at 20. Uh, but I want to call your attention to a 7-4 matchup this weekend in the regular season in softball. Lonnie's going to join us here shortly because Florida State hosts Oklahoma State in a two-game series starting tonight on ESPN2. Uh, you know Florida State's 43-5. and That's their best start ever in school history. Uh, and they come in on a five-game win streak and a sweep of Clemson last week. We're going to talk to Lonnie about that and the value. But just nine and thirteen all time against the uh, the cowboy, the lady, uh, the cowgirls, I should say, from Stillwater Pack. Get that right? Uh, who come in to visit this weekend?
0: Yeah, it's not the cowboys coming in there; it's the cowgirls. And all that what cowgirls, you did hundred right. years ago doesn't mean squat because Florida State's loaded. And uh, we'll talk to Lonnie coming up next hour. Uh, But how impressive is that? Three ACC teams in the top 10, five in the top 20. And, uh, you know, again, Florida State's always been the standard. They didn't win the ACC tournament last year. Duke did. Right now, Virginia Tech is the hot story, right, with the great pitching and Keely Richard doing her thing. Kind of cool. she got the standing ovation over the weekend. Uh, So the tournament's going to be spectacular. But this is going to be a fun series. It's painted pink tonight. We'll get in all that stuff with Lonnie and explain what all is going on there. But uh, again, Florida State women's softball is a national standard. It would not surprise me, Wes. Would not surprise me if the ACC has multiple teams in Oklahoma City when we get to the World Series. Would not surprise me.
1: Yep, uh, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, the conference series of note is uh, at Clemson. Uh, they'll play at McWhorter there, of course, with Georgia Tech visiting. Clemson defeated East Tennessee six to two last night. Uh, Georgia Tech's on a seven-game win streak. It's the longest streak, by the way, in the ACC at this point. The series starts tomorrow night at, uh, at 6 o'clock. Uh, Aileen Morales has done a nice job kind of rejuvenating Georgia Tech's softball program, and now you go climb the mountain with what John Rittman's team is. And, and let's be honest, after the sweep at Tallahassee, it's a critical series for Clemson, too, I think. Mike.
0: Yeah, they got to get some momentum. I mean, it's that time of the year. Hey, you know Duke's awfully mm-hmm. good. You know Virginia Tech's really good. Florida State, we've talked about. So I think if you're the Notre Dames and the Clemsons of the world, uh, you kind of understand the uphill climb. But it's all about, I think, getting momentum as you get to tournament time. But mm-hmm. these are two really good clubs, and John's done an incredible job down in Tiger Town. But that but be a very, yep. very entertaining series.
1: Other note, uh, we mentioned Virginia Tech, number two in the country, highest ranked of the ACC teams there at Boston College. Uh, series tomorrow afternoon uh, starts at 4 o'clock. You can see it on ACC NX. Keeley Rochard is third in all of Division I now with 252 strikeouts. Mm. And you mentioned the standing ovation over the weekend. This is now – I mean, we're, we're talking not just right now. We're talking in ACC softball lore – uh, she factors. I mean, there, there's some stuff going on here that's record book stuff. And, um, you know, and we talked to Coach Pete about it. And when you you realize that she and Emma both can can roll it in there, the Hokies are going to be hard to beat, Pack anywhere you look at them.
0: Well, we've talked about this. I, you know, every time we've had a player on from Virginia Tech softball team, I just like the demeanor and the, the confidence in answering mm-hmm. the questions that we've thrown at them. And I talked about this the other day you get a sense that this is a team that understands, hey, you know what, we know we're good. Now let's go out and prove it every single day. And they have. And it, I go back to that series yep. at Florida State, which seemed to be a you know a lot of hype heading into it. All right, Virginia Tech, we're going to find out just how good you are. And they win the first game. They score 23 in the second game. And really were in good shape for a sweep at Florida State. And the Knowles, to their credit, came back and won and salvaged one game in that series. But to me, that was one of those – check have, that just proved once again we know we're really good so is florida state like you said three teams in the top 10
1: five in the top 20 the league is very very talented yeah uh, let's pivot to baseball 12 acc teams have been ranked in at least one major poll miami leads this week's contingent with a uh, top four ranking in each of the major polls including second by collegiate baseball virginia uh miami and virginia the first two acc teams to hit 30 wins um you always get this discussion in baseball about the closer you are to 40 at the end of the regular season or the further you're away from 20 losses uh miami finds themselves 31 and 10 so does virginia here's the way the acc standings look uh as it relates to conference play pack you see the 16, 12, and 13 on the coastal side in terms of conference wins, and then 11s on the Atlantic side. Interesting there for sure.
0: Fist fight. There's no doubt. The Atlantic division is going to be an mm-hmm. absolute chase. Uh, Miami's in great shape from their perspective. But, again, this is all about getting momentum and position yourself to get ready for a ride a ride to Charlotte late in May. Uh, the tournament will be out of sight. We've yep. talked about the ballpark being first class. The event's unbelievable. And so is the baseball in this league. And I'll tell you what else is another great race, Wes, totally off the beaten path. We talk about teams, wins, losses. Are you an NCAA tournament team? Are you going to be able to qualify for the ACC tournament and all that stuff? The home run race in this league is as good as anywhere else in the country. Uh, Max Wagner, by the way, hit two more for Clemson yesterday. He's got 19. Uh, We just talked to Kevin Parada. He's got 23. He went a yard a couple times the other day. Uh, Tommy White from NC State, he's got 19. Uh, Tinsman from Wake Forest, he went yard yesterday. He's got 17. Uh, Jake Geloff, we've talked to Jake the other day on the show. He just went yard the other day. He's got 16. I mean, the home run race nationally is crazy, but look at all the power Mm -hmm. that you've got in this league of dudes going yard. So not only do you have great team races, which we have in the Atlantic and Miami playing lights out in the Coastal, But that home run race is fun to watch too if you like the dudes that go yard now because we have it in this conference.
1: No question. Uh, The weekend schedule, by the way, uh, number seven Virginia Tech welcomes – visits number 11 Virginia. It was a series they were talking about last week when Carolina was in Charlottesville. Uh, And, of course, that starts on uh, Friday at 6 o'clock on ACCNX. Uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech are tied for third in the NCAA with a 320 batting average. Um, it's uh, By the way, Ryan Zimmerman's number 11 is going to be retired this weekend too in Charlottesville, one of the great players to come from the University of Virginia in Brian O'Connor's tenure.
0: And uh, Drew Hackenberg is going to join us coming up at 9.30 pitching for the Hokies. Mm-hmm. And uh, given his Charlottesville ties, you know they'll be excited to see a Charlottesville Hokie come rolling in there Because it doesn't matter in the Commonwealth what the sport is, but both of those teams are really good and really talented. That will be a juicy series this weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, Number 20 TCU visits Florida State. Parker Messick, of course, leads the NCAA with 102 strikeouts on the season. Nice non-conference battle for Mike Martin Jr.'s team that starts on Friday night. Uh, Big series now. We're getting – you saw those standings a moment ago. Remember the top two teams in each division go, and then the next best records fill out the 12-team ACC tournament, so two don't go. Uh, Pretty critical weekend for Clemson at Louisville. On the road at number 16, Louisville. Uh, Eight-game homestand for the Cardinals comes to a close with three against the Tigers. That starts on Friday night. Big series certainly for Clemson. B.C. is at Notre Dame. We talked about John Michael Bertrand – number one in the ACC and ERA with a one six six. Um, This is the second-to-last ACC home series of the season <clears throat> for Coach Jarrett's club. Um, the uh, 2002 College World Series team, by the way, including the former Irish head coach Paul Maneri, will be in town and be honored over the weekend. 20th anniversary there. As well. In fact, I want to close this here talking about Miami at Georgia Tech. The Jackets are second in the in the NCAA with a 324 batting average. You mentioned Kevin Parada. Tech struggles have been on the mound. Jackets have not had a very successful year at all in terms of pitching. That'll be a challenge because we know about Palmquist and all these guys that Miami rolls out there. A side note to that series. Uh, we mentioned this last week at Boston College with Pete Frady's pack. This weekend, the Georgia Tech pitcher Jim Poole, who had a really nice career in the major leagues, uh, will be honored this weekend at uh, McNeese Ballpark in Midtown Atlanta. Jim was diagnosed about a year ago with ALS, and of course, he played collegiately for Jim Morris, the former Miami coach who also coached at Georgia Tech in the late 80s and 90s, and so they're using this Miami-Georgia Tech weekend. It's always a special weekend for Georgia Tech alumni from a baseball perspective, to uh, salute Jim Poole in his battle against ALS. And our thoughts are with Jim and his family as he continues his day-to-day battle on that front. And uh, great guy, super, super guy. And uh, we wish him all the best and and great to see they're going to honor Poole this weekend uh, in Atlanta when uh, Georgia Tech plays Miami.
0: By the way, I thought of you uh, Sunday uh, because I know how much you love long baseball games. And I was watching oh, Duke yeah. Georgia Tech, and as we went to the ninth mm-hmm. inning, uh, Tech put a rally together to cut it to fifteen to fourteen. And everybody had thrown twenty-seven pitchers out there. And I was thinking, boy, if only West Durham was at home as opposed to playing golf in Charlottesville yeah. and had a chance to to do that Georgia Tech Duke baseball game, you you would have been right there mm-hmm. in your element of a little fifteen to fourteen game with ten home runs and four thousand yeah. pitching changes. Yeah. It had your name written all over
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that would have been a lot of fun. I'm going to look back and check the time of the game here in just a minute <laughs> because true or false is coming up next. But hey, uh, it, don't forget, it, it, we've hey, got baseball.
0: Wes, it won't be longer than the night you're getting ready to put in down there in the voices of Falcons, brother. you got like 19 hours of broadcast time coming up today, so you need to pace yourself, all right? Pace yourself today.
1: Yeah. Uh, don't forget, we got ACC baseball for you this weekend. Uh, we're going to show you. The Saturday ball game with TCU and Florida State. Coming up from Mike Martin Field at Dick Houser Stadium. Presented by Auto Owners Insurance Pack. ACC Baseball. Right here on ACC Network and streaming live on the ESPN app. When we come back, Andrew Brooks has got all your Phoenix Suns true or false questions and more on the lacrosse and ACC basketball status when we continue on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham.
0: Wes, we go to Bristol, home of number one freezing cold yep. weather and the smart people that no, run no, the show. No, 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 yep. no. Time for Not Drew freezing Brooks. cold. Oh, yeah. It's cold up there today.
1: Look at Bristol. Freezing cold. What are you wearing a... What are you wearing a puffy coat for?
2: Uh, first of all, it's a vest. Uh, second of all, uh, I didn't get the memo. Unfortunately, neither one of you texted me to let me know that it was striped polo day. A uh, little offended, but uh, maybe next week.
1: It is kind of Well, you stri- know why? Because you that had to wear your true. lumberjack uniform under your puffy vest.
2: Uh, I am in a flannel. It is cold still. It is uh, miserably cold still. We are approaching May, and it was 39 degrees when I left my house at 3 o'clock in the morning.
0: That's all right. You learn how to, i tell you what, you learn how to really play great golf in 39 degree weather.
2: No, Oops. you don't. You, yeah, uh, you do. stay home and you no. watch TV. And... No.
0: You know why? Because when it's 39 degrees, you have to make sure you're really paying attention because as soon as you hit one on the toe, your hands fall off. They fall oh. right off your
2: limbs. <laughs> well, you so you to really concentrate on going down and through. will we'll ask uh, okay. Jerry Haas and Jacob Bridgman. Uh, what golf weather is really about. All right. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. We know right, you you're Can we get to – let me let me just ask this quick question here. Now that we're kind of, you know, separated and Packers alone in the basement playing George Goebel from the Tonight Show years ago. By myself down here. Can, can we just how – much, how much traction did the uh, male modeling picture get yesterday, Brooks, around the ACC network offices? Because oh. I'm going to tell you, I got like five or six texts from people – who were like, that was fantastic.
2: There's a wall in our huddle room. Uh, it's now, well, I mean, we blew it up, so it's like 10 by 12 feet, uh, and, and we have it up in the room. It's Follow- pretty nice. Everybody's Can- taking selfies now. You know, there's this big ESPN sign that everybody likes to take selfies with. Now it's yeah, the, the Mark right. Packer uh, model photo.
0: Can I tell you that the, the lovely lady in that photograph, then Maria Ferry, sent me a tweet and she had found out about what we did yesterday. And I've not talked to, probably uh-huh. haven't talked to her in 40 years, 35 years. So she sent me a couple tweets last night. And she and her husband, and she has a son that's getting ready to graduate, ironically, from Clemson. Uh, they watched, mm-hmm. rewatched what we did yesterday. And so we reconnected yesterday via Twitter just to, to put a, a bow well,
1: on this crazy story.
2: So what time is she coming on the show tomorrow? That's not a bow.
1: Yeah, She's on the show tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Packer. She's on at eight fifteen tomorrow. And that's fine with me.
0: More the merrier. At, <laughs> at this rate, we we have so much room that if uh, the neighbors want to come in and watch the show, I got tons of room today for whatever reason, and we're the only ones here. But if Marie <sighs> wants to stop by, she a hey. hey, free invite. Come on, let's go.
2: Did you ask her why she was so disgusted that your arm was around her?
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny? <laughs> and again, I told you we we were pretty good buddies in in, in at Clemson. But what's funny was how many people. Saw that picture because I put it on my Twitter feed yesterday. And people were like, man, Pac, you really outkicked your coverage. People thought that was my wife. And I'm like, no, no, that's not, that, that's not my wife. That's Maria there Perry, is. who was a fellow yeah, student is. at Clemson University. But I did outkick my coverage. And like, some guy was like, I can't believe your wife's not wearing Virginia Tech gear. I said, she does wear Virginia Tech gear. But that's not my wife in that picture. So that's the deal. So, Maria, God Tell bless you what,
1: we so, need... Going to start we need the people in production, Brooks. We need the people in production to start playing the Rico Suave song uh whenever we run that picture. Servassier. Rico. When you take Mrs. B to a Clemson
2: game, does she wear Clemson gear? Yeah. She does. Well, she's you know a hokey.
1: It's close orange. Well, well The oranges one, she, are close, right, Pac? She,
0: well, she's a hokey at heart, obviously. But when Mrs. P goes, I mean, she's also had two daughters graduate from Clemson University. So she doesn't have a problem putting on the orange. That's not an issue. That is not my wife. I just want folks to know. Uh, my birthday is not March 10th, and Maria is not my wife. So just straighten that. We're going just to just dissolve those rumors right from the get-go. You know.
2: Uh, we got to you know, get to uh, some true a- questions before the top of the hour here. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. We, we didn't mean to cut go in ahead. your
0: time there, Brooks. I know the Suns play tonight, so go yeah. ahead. Yeah, sorry, Brooks.
1: Go yeah, ahead. We're going yeah. to need a nap, although
2: they uh, gave me a 7.30. <laughs> right. right. Enough about the Suns. Uh, right. We could talk about them during the NBA Finals. Uh, true or false. Nobody laughed at that. <laughs> true or false. No. You would take the UNC women's lacrosse team over the field to win the ACC Women's Championship this weekend. Uh, the field being all the other teams.
0: You know what? I will take the field because I got number two and number three in my back pocket. Um, North Carolina is the favorite. There's no doubt about that. They are cut above everybody else, but uh, I got a chance to take a couple teams ranked in the top three. Yeah, I'll go for that. I'll roll the dice on that, but I think North Carolina's the favorite. I'm,
1: I'm going to take Carolina because I, I think, it, while I know Boston College and Syracuse are quite good, I, I think there's there's a gap. the The more I I talk to lacrosse folks, that I think there's a gap between one and two. So I, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm going to take Carolina.
0: I think that's the safe bet. I think if you're a gambler, that's what you'd do. But you know what? I got nothing to lose. Plus, I'm down here by myself. I'll take the field. More the
1: merrier. So now that we know what now that we know what Brooks is doing, go ahead, Drew. What's the next question? <laughs> I don't know what that means,
2: but uh, along the same lines, seeing as uh, North Carolina is bringing everybody back in basketball, as of right now, on April 28th, you would take the North Carolina men's basketball team over the field to win the ACC next season.
0: Uh, I would. And by the way, uh, my oldest daughter, Gigi Packer, has a new favorite player. That would be Gigi Jackson who uh, yesterday verbally committed to Hubert Davis. So Gigi loves Gigi. So there it is. Yeah, I'll take North Carolina and give you the field. I will.
1: Yeah, I I would – yes, all things being equal today, I would take Carolina over the field to win the ACC. We're talking about the regular season, Drew, is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I am going to say I'm going to say regular season for sure. I look, I think they're going to be I think Puff Jackson will improve. It the difference between Puff, Puff Jackson and Brady Mank, they're different players, but I, I think Carolina's the four core guys back from a year ago. Whew, that's a commodity we don't see very often in college basketball.
0: And GG G. Jackson, don't forget that's going to be my guy right there, GG G. Jackson.
1: I he's like next year. He's year after Pac. I don't care. He's the 23 group. I don't care. He's a 23. He's not he's on the team guy. next year.
0: I don't care. He's my okay. guy. Okay. GG Jackson. I just gonna right. keep All saying right. GG Jackson.
2: True or false? Gigi Jackson is your favorite player? No, I'm just kidding. True. Uh, you're talking about the home runs <laughs> in ACC baseball. Uh, true or false? Both Kevin Parada and Tommy White will break the single-season home run record at their respective schools. Both schools' home run record is 25. These guys are sitting on 19.
1: Yes, true, 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 true. Kevin Parada is at 20 something, isn't he? 23. I just said it. Oh. Yeah, yes. Kevin Parada is going to break the record produced... at Georgia Tech. Yeah.
2: yeah no georgia parada uh, yes tommy i was gonna say no georgia tech hitter has ever led the nation in home runs too yeah,
1: yeah. I, i'm gonna say kevin parada yes tommy white will come close and he has a chance because i think nc state and charlotte pack and you know what i mean by this and that ballpark in charlotte nc state Oof. could be lethal
0: well that's why i mentioned so the- i'm
1: gonna say kevin kevin white for sure or kevin parada for sure tommy white possibly
0: that's why I mentioned the five or six names in this home run chase because, uh, believe me, uh, they're going to be hitting bombs between now and Charlotte. And when everybody rolls into Charlotte and you're going to have about five or six top 25 teams here, they will go yard like nobody's business. It, it will be a fireworks show at Truist Park.
2: All right, last one. True or false, there will be three ACC players taken in the top ten of the NFL draft tonight. Ten? No. Yes, sir, ten. False.
1: False. False.
2: Okay, mark the tape.
1: Yeah, let's mark it. I think Ike Ikuanu is off the board first, and then it'll either be Pickett or Jermaine Johnson. It will not be both. Yeah, I agree. I think two's the number. Yeah, Iquanu, yeah. Iquanu as high as two, as low as five, maybe six. Um if the things go chaotic in front of the Panthers, of course, because as Pac knows that's where the draft starts. Um six. I would say that uh it's it's a it's Iquanu and then it's Pickett or Johnson, not Pickett and Johnson tonight.
0: I agree. I hope that's not true, but I think that is true.
1: Yeah. I, they, there's going to be this yin and yang. You're going to hear about it all afternoon about the quarterbacks. And I just take, take it for what I'm saying here. There's smoke screens everywhere today. Today is a smoke screen day because things that have gone on for the last month get changed today, and sometimes people are just – putting up a facade for you uh when we come back we have draft steals think about guys that were taken first round in fact i'm going to give you a first round guy that was taken so late in the first round people in front of him should have the the gms in front of this draft pick should have lost their jobs immediately we're back after this on packer and durham
0: Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on
1: the ESPN app.